0: After a wild week one finish, the 49ers survived in Motown with a 41-33 victory over the Detroit Lions. We're going to break it all down on this episode, go inside the numbers, talk about what went right, what went wrong, and then we'll look ahead to the Niners-Eagles week two matchup. We'll also take a look at the injury report and check on Jason Verrett and Raheem Mostert. So keep it locked and stay tuned. And of course, don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Happy Victory Monday, y'all. As the Niners have started the season 1-0 after a big but weird win over the Detroit Lions this weekend, 41-33. Jay Hoda, Zach Chevy back on the 49 away podcast of course don't forget to give us a follow on instagram and twitter for more niners news and analysis overall great weekend of football great to have back a lot of great games a lot of really whack storylines but this niners game was a just a a really weird one to digest and we're gonna get into that chevy what'd you make out of this one how are you doing how are you feeling today on this victory monday
1: Oh, my God. It is so exciting to have football back. You know, sitting on my couch, I think me and my roommates had five screens in front of us, have different games on, had red zone on, was watching the Niners game. And it was just so nice to be able to watch football again. I'm sure everyone enjoyed watching football again. It It was just a nice change. You know, going back to university and everything, a lot of different changes. But football's always been that constant, and it's here again. And it was just so great to watch. And you know what? The Niners won. We're one and zero. That's all we have to care about. You know?
0: Yeah. No, no doubt. Football season week one though, is always just a great time. Definitely had that feeling. You know, waking up and it's you know it's week one. Football season's back. A lot of great games. A lot of great storylines. So it was definitely great to have have that back and. And, you know, getting to this game between the Niners and Lions, I think, you know, when we all saw this on the schedule, when it came out, we're all like, all right, this should be an easy win. Start the year. You know, if everyone's healthy, everyone's there. This should be an easy slap. And it seemed that way for about 45, even 50 minutes or so. Actually, maybe even 55 minutes of this game out of 60. It seemed that way. And then. One of the weirdest five minutes I've ever seen of football happened in that fourth quarter where the Lions just stormed back into this game after a few fluke plays. Debo fumbled the ball late on a Really, it was a it was a terrible play because really, you know, everyone knows it's football 101. You got to tuck the ball when you're running or catching the ball. And he just like literally just flung the ball out with his arm and was like, here, just take it. And boom, just knocked it out, lose the ball. And then and then the onside kick was just a complete fluke. Honest, I swear to God, man. I was trying hard not to laugh at that. I'm like, <laughs> Me of <too>. course, <laughs> when it bounced off Kittle's, I'm like, of course, an onside kick goes their way. I'm like, okay. Like, I just honestly, I tried to stay calm through that fourth quarter. I it got to the point where honestly, like, I I tried to just keep myself together and I was like, okay, yeah, you you think this is funny? <laughs> the Lions coming back in it. <laughs> and, and then we stopped them, we closed them out, and I was like, all right. We good. Move on. Next week, we got the win.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think the game it, at the start, it was a lot of fun because, you know, we started to get up. We started to get And then when it came after halftime, it was just like, OK, you know, we we know what the results is. The Niners are going to win. And then the Lions just slowly kept on coming back. And, you know, I, I had a, I bet on the Niners at like a seven and a half spread. So when it got to eight points, I was really freaking out and nervous. I thought they were going to blow it for me. But hey, we got the victory. That's all that really matters. And I think we can talk about one of the best things to ever see. Trey Lance makes one throw, one attempt, and it's a five-yard touchdown. So uh, I think we can say that Trey Lance is clearly the best quarterback out of the draft, considering he's one for one with a touchdown.
0: I mean I mean yeah when you got a when you got a perfect <laughs> uh completion rating there I mean absolutely Trey Lance but um you know we'll, we'll, we'll get to the quarterbacks in just a few seconds but I mean they they were f- fantastic all afternoon Garoppolo and Lance both were great um we knew we we probably wouldn't see a ton of Trey Lance but we saw a little bit I think that's as much as I would have assumed um that we would see of Trey Lance and he looked great Garoppolo looked great no turnovers on each side which usually I was thinking, you know, Garoppolo doesn't usually perform the greatest on week ones, and Garoppolo comes out and just balls the heck out. And I, I was, I'm here for it. I love it, and I'll, I'll give you the credit for that one because you called it. You said Garoppolo is gonna have a good day. I said the running game would have a great day, which it did too. But Garoppolo through the air was definitely more of a success in this ball game. So before we get to the individual numbers, going into some of the team numbers, it was so odd because the Niners were up by 28 at one point. 38 to 10, but yet the numbers after this game, the Lions had 10 more first downs than the Niners did. They had 31, San Fran at 21. The Niners were only three for nine on third downs. They ran the ball fairly well 131 yards. A lot of credit to Elijah Mitchell. We'll get to him in a minute. We definitely need to shout him out. He was fantastic. 311 passing yards through the air, 442 total yards. This is where I have a problem giving up 430 total yards to the Detroit Lions offense. (laughs) I am trying not to like puke right now when I say that, but we'll also get to that in a minute too. I just think it's completely unacceptable, but we'll get to why and how all that stuff happened in a second. The Niners had three sacks. The pass rush certainly was nowhere near as good as what we want it to be, but it was very, very nice to see D. Ford had a sack. Nick Bosa had a sack that was good to see I'm happy to see that I was certainly not expecting Nick Bosa to come out and be you know 2019 Nick Bosa he's coming off an ACL he's rusty and I think overall he looked fairly decent he'll take a few weeks to get back into things but him and D Ford I think played as good as you probably could have scripted it right the Niners obviously turned the ball over three times they had one takeaway a big one for Dre Greenlaw they had seven penalties and Detroit controlled time of possession 33 minutes to 26.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was a great game all around. Uh, when you're talking about D Ford, I think that was probably the biggest surprise of the game. You know, we all expected Nick Bosa to be back and contribute, and getting a sack right away is, a, is great for him. I, I thought he had a great game, but D Ford had a heck of a game considering. People were saying, cut this man, cut this man. And he restructured his deal and he was getting healthy. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were like, maybe we should look at D Ford. You should watch out for D Ford. And he came back and he made an impact right away. And I I was just really happy to see him back. I thought it was great to have him there. And I think the best thing to come out of week one is Nick Bosa and D Ford are still healthy absolutely yeah that's
0: it that is a huge deal and the injuries once again were a bit of a concern and we'll get to that as well I'm um, coming up and just huge news um with Jason Verrett we'll get to that in a second but it's just absolutely devastating but back to D Ford yeah I was a culprit of that all offseason I was saying you know we should trade him cut him I just don't think he's worth it of course that was in the thick of things when the rumors were saying you know his, his back is not looking good and I don't know if he's going to play this year. And that's sort of like, well, what's the point of, you know, giving him the money that we are and doing it. But then, like you said, he restructured his contract and he had a good offseason play, you know, was active in training camp and he was healthy. And that's when I was like, well, if we're going to keep D for and he's healthy, that's a big deal. Like that's an asset to us. And and he sure looked like it yesterday. And that's a really great sign for us um, on the defensive side. But now let's get into the individual side. So I'm going to take this back to the quarterback's uh, right now Jimmy Garoppolo 17 for 25 314 yards and a touchdown I thought Jimmy was phenomenal this was easily his best week one performance of his career solid stuff and I, I don't know what it was whether it was Detroit's defense was just awful or the fact that Garoppolo came out with a bit of a chip on his shoulder I think it was probably a bit of both and then Lance like you mentioned one for one five yards and a touchdown had a few rushing yards couldn't really get a lot of lanes going but you know, I'd say for Trey Lance's debut, he looked very poised. He looked good in the time that he came, you know, wasn't erratic or anything. And that one touchdown throw was a good one.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what we talked about. Jimmy G is the starter and Trey Lance has a small package. Jimmy G looked great. You know, it was against a Lions defense that isn't the strongest defense. But that's a bonus considering Jimmy G doesn't usually start off the season as great as he finishes off the season. So uh, 314 yards and one touchdown. I'll take that any day. I really enjoyed seeing Trey Lance come in here for a couple runs, uh, you know, that one pass for a touchdown. Uh, it gives uh, people, so the other teams, a concern of who do we uh, prepare for? Are they good at the role? Because the one thing that I think we may have forgot after watching this game is Trey Lance did have an injury before the finger injury. So he could have been limited. They may have had a larger role for him, but because of the injury, they were trying to ease him in. So teams are going to legitimately have to prepare for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and watching the quarterbacks ball out. And when we were up by 28, Jimmy G didn't have to throw the ball and he still threw the ball and he threw the ball well. And it was just a great day to be on the Niners offensive side.
0: Yeah, our offense was lights out all afternoon and certainly was not the reason for the Lions getting back in the game. I thought the offense did their job. They did what they needed to do. We ran the ball effectively. We threw the ball effectively. Shanahan was, I can tell he was in the zone in that game, exactly how Garoppolo described it post-game. But these guys were incredible. And I got to say that that throw from Garoppolo to Debo, when at first when he threw it up, I was like, I don't know about that. And then it just fell into Debo's lap and I was like, that is a heck of a play. And the fact that Garoppolo got it off when there was like at least six lines in his face about to swallow him up. And the fact that he got that throw off was was great. But I thought Jimmy was fantastic. I think people just need to really just chill the heck out because Garoppolo plays like that. And if he gets better from that, we're in a, we're in a really good place. And Trey Lance, you can ease him up because I know a lot of people have been talking about the rookie quarterbacks. and I, And I do want to point this out because I do think it is a valid point to say this. Zach Wilson did not perform well in his rookie debut. Trevor Lawrence did not perform well in his rookie debut and Mac Jones was better than those two, but still didn't win the football game and only produced 16 points wasn't the greatest. didn't watch much of the Pats game so I can't do a full in-depth you know analysis on that. But Lawrence and Wilson got smoked in that game, right? Justin Fields came in for a play or so, looked decent. Lance comes in for a few plays, looks fairly good but you see the difference between the guys that started and a guy like Lance who comes in in relief. It's such a huge difference in that regard. And you look at a guy like Trey Lance who's coming in, it just goes to show you how much easier it is when you have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who's balling out like he is. So for all those people who were saying, you know, Trey Lance should have started week one and and all this stuff, it's like, dude, just, just relax. Let Garoppolo do his thing. Because if he plays like that, there's no need to rush Trey Lance in there. And guess what? You keep that small package and you get Trey Lance's playing time and we're good. Trey Lance is getting his reps. You let Garoppolo continue to command or to have a command of this team and we're good in that regard. And you look at, I don't think I need to say anything else. Just look at the stat line. The proof's in the pudding. Garoppolo throws for over 300 yards. Didn't turn the ball over. Lance comes in. He throws his first touchdown pass in his NFL debut. I mean... So far, so good. And if Garoppolo keeps up like this, you know, let Trey Lance just sit back and, and ease his way into things.
1: I want to mention about the Niners quarterbacks and, and a stat that I think was shown on the game yesterday was Jimmy Garoppolo last year was one for 11 on throws 20 plus yards. And this year, as in yesterday's game, he was two for two with 114 yards and a touchdown, I believe. That's something that we didn't see in the past years with Jimmy G. You know, he wasn't able to throw that deep ball. He was always that slant, accurate, small pass throw, get it to the next guy, and, you know, maybe some yards after the catch. If Jimmy G can add that deep ball element to his game, this 49ers group is going to be a lot better than people think. And with the dynamic of trey lance and his running aspect i really think that these two quarterbacks are going to make defenses uh scramble in preparation for them and leave a hole wide open for us to exploit.
0: no no doubt that's a great point and i think it.
1: I, if i'm not mistaken
0: in 2019 he had one of if not the best deep ball um deep ball accuracy or something like that in the league so it's not like Garoppolo can't throw the deep ball. He can, and I know everyone just goes back to the Super Bowl, which I totally get. That's understandable. But you know, looking at this season again, Garoppolo looked in command, in control. And guess what? After next week against Philly, we got Green Bay, Seattle, and Arizona. Those are three big games, and we'll see how Garoppolo performs. Then we'll see how Lance takes those games as well. So it'll be interesting to see once we face some more competitive teams. Although I don't, I don't know what the hell Green Bay going to look like in that game. So. But that's a story when we get to that week in that game. But, you know, I was I was very happy with that and how they both played. And I'm looking forward to see how they follow that up next week against Philly. But I'm very proud of Garoppolo. I, again, I've been saying this all offseason. I hope he plays all season. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he balls out exactly the way that he did on Sunday. I mean, we dropped 41 points for God's sakes. And that's what this offense can do. And I talked about this last week as I was saying that, you know, Shanahan's got his guys. I think this, this could be the year where our offense pops off, and, and I think we're off to a good start in that regard. And then off to our running game, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, this is this is what our 49ers I warned you, game, man. You did. Yeah, that's your guy. Like, that's... Like, this is what this Niners run game is all about, man. Like, you can't... You can't predict that one guy is going to do something. Like, I thought it was going to be Jermichael Hayes that popped off. You said it was going to be Elijah Mitchell. Then there's Moster, and then there's Sermon, who wasn't even active. Like, You just don't know. And what I find the funniest part out of the whole thing is how everybody penciled in Trey Sermon as running back two and picked him in fantasy, I think is absolutely hilarious and a typical Kyle Shanahan move because I know this every year. And sure, I fell into a bit of a trap this year because I drafted Mostert. But with Kyle Shanahan, you don't want to draft. Even though the, the Niners run game is one of the best in all of football, For fantasy purposes, you never want to do that because it could be anybody of the four or five guys that you keep on the roster. Any of them could rush for 100 on that day. You just don't know who it's going to be. And yesterday it was Elijah Mitchell. 19 rushes, 104 yards, and one touchdown. I mean, how about that for an NFL debut? He was phenomenal. I love the way that he runs the football. He's. It seems like Shanahan knew exactly what he was getting. I feel like Elijah Mitchell is just perfect for the system. Hasty didn't do a lot, but he came in and had a touchdown. I'm going to expect more from him uh, next week against Philly with Mostert out. And speaking of Raheem Mostert, two rushes for 20 yards. And of course, he left the game with a knee injury. And of course, it was now announced today that he will make the injured reserve list. He will be out for eight weeks with what they're calling torn knee cartilage. I believe that is what the injury diagnosis was. And the way that I put it is, this is just Raheem Mostert's annual trip to injured reserve. Because this is every single year, he just, he he always ends up on IR. Like, he never lets you down in that regard. And it's getting to the point where I don't know how much more we can rely on Mostert going forward. Not, I'm not talking about this season, but in the future, ahead of this year, 2022 and beyond. I think that's something that needs to be discussed in the offseason. But as for now, although I hope Mostert heals up and I hope this is his one and only trip of the year to IR, and he's back week 9 or 10 or whenever the hell he comes back, and we're ready to grind when he comes back.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think looking at the running game, Mostert, I penciled in on the IR at the start of the season, just because the man, unfortunately, can't stay healthy, and I, I was right. You know, I, I think uh, Mostert's great, and he's made some great plays with the Niners. He, that game against Green Bay, no one's ever going to forget Raheem Mostert and what he did, but... I don't think Mostert's going to be a part of our long-term plan, especially with this other injury that's going to keep him out for at least eight weeks. But that being said, with Mostert injured, there's guys to look at for this backfield. Elijah Mitchell got the bulk of the carry. As we said, when he was drafted, he wasn't like Sermon. They didn't draft two of the same backs. Elijah Mitchell is that speed back, you know, kind of like Matt Breida he he's exactly what Shanahan wants. Kind of like Jeff Wilson jr. Shanahan has his style of running backs that he likes to throw out there. And Elijah Mitchell just fits comfortably, which is why I thought he may get a lot of uh, the bulk uh, at the start. Uh, but I'm excited to see all three running backs, you know, sermon who didn't play who I think I'm pretty sure it was a hamstring injury or something that kept him out. And um, I'm excited because all three running backs are going to be on rotation mitchell sermon and hasty so to see what shanahan does with it it'll probably depend on matchup and who he wants to run with
0: damn bro i completely forgot about jeff wilson that just that that honestly just made me like 10 times more upset oh i also want
1: to mention uh jeff wilson is apparently uh targeting week six to week eight as his return so that's uh, we'll see. potentially before Moster, I just wanted to point that out before no, we that is, talk about MMA.
0: No, no, that no, that's a fair point. And when his injury was um was officially announced back in the spring, and what if things were to have gone in a good direction, which it seems as if it is, then yeah, between week six and eight seems like an accurate return date. So that that would be huge. But even from now to week six, that's a good you know four or five games that we're going to be without him too. That hurts. That really stings. And that makes that injury even worse. Because I loved, love me some Jeff Wilson. But for Mostert, it's just it's highly unfortunate. And it's crazy how much like publicity he gets from that NFC championship game. Because prior to that, Mostert's the same thing. He's he's a phenomenal running back, an unbelievable human being, and a great teammate and a great person, all that. I can see why he was voted a captain, but the guy could never stay healthy ever. And that NFC championship game just put him on the map. Everyone's talking about him. And now everyone's like, oh, Raheem Moses will down. The Niners are done. Dude, chill out. Like it's anybody can run in this offense. Like, I'm not as worried. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 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 upset because I'm like, damn, Raheem's really hurt again. Like, that sucks. But like at the same time, it's like, I don't think that's as big of an injury, if you kind of know what I'm saying. Because yeah. I'm like, look, Elijah Mitchell goes out there and runs 104 yards in his NFL debut. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I think and I Shanahan's think we're good.
1: offense, any running back can run. You can be we, undrafted we, and like at a working at a McDonald's and run for a hundred yards with Shanahan's offense.
0: Do I do we could probably put Shanahan's son Carter in pads and he could probably run <laughs> over a hundred yards? Like it's like anybody. It's you know what I'm saying? So I'm not as worried. It's more of a fact of like you know, it's it's upsetting because Raheem Mostert yeah. is is a big part of this team when he's healthy, and it's just upsetting that he's on IR yet again. But moving on, you know, continuing down the offense here, a lot more here, and really I think this is the, the star of the entire day. My guy, Deebo Samuel, my lord, nine <laughs> catches, 189 yards, and a touchdown. God damn, this guy had a day. George Kittle got in on the fun a little bit. Four catches, 78. Trent Sherfield had the touchdown from Trey Lance. Didn't do a ton, though. Sanu did a little bit. Juice did a little bit. And then the shocking news of the day, which isn't as shocking now that we know the reason. Brandon Ayuk was limited in this game, did not receive a catch, did not receive a target. But according to Kyle Shanahan, the reasoning behind that was because of the hamstring injury that he's been dealing with over the past two weeks, which makes sense.
1: You know, I I just want to say, first of all, to all the Debo Samuel fantasy owners, it was nice to have him starting in your lineup and for Debo to be back. Debo was injured all of last year, it seemed like, and he never got to get going. And everyone seemed to forget about Debo in fantasy in the NFL in general, man. They're like, oh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle are going to get all the points there. There's going to be nothing for Debo. Debo Samuel was Brandon Ayuk before Brandon Ayuk existed. You know, Debo Samuel's that guy. He showed everyone why Debo Samuel was a highly regarded wide receiver for the Niners in his rookie year. And I'm so happy Debo Samuel had the game he did and proved all the haters. Brandon Ayuk, I, I wish that Shanahan mentioned, you know, the hamstring injury is kind of uh it, it's hurting us a bit. We're not we're looking at it, we're not sure what we're gonna do with it, especially because. You know, a lot of fantasy owners, I in one of my leagues, I started Brandon Ayuk, and he dropped the fat goose egg. And I, I was upset. I, I thought, couldn't they have mentioned something? I know he was dealing with the hamstring all week. But then they say, oh, he's good to go. He's good to go. It's a bit misleading. But you know what? I hope Brandon Ayuk gets better. I thought it was smart of them not to use Ayuk if he's not 100%, especially against the Lions, when you you feel like you're going to get that win. And it was great to see Trent Sherfield take on that second Role that's that second wide receiver opportunity he deserved it after his preseason and he played pretty darn well two for twenty three with a touchdown no it's not exactly what you want out of your wide receiver two but for mostly Trent Sherfield will be playing as the wide receiver three so that, that, I I thought he had a great game considering
0: you know he did he did play a good game and and as for the the IU thing I'm not too worried about that i mean i'd be worried if we're going to like week three week four and he's out there but he's not getting a lot of target stuff then i'd be a little worried but for one game sure that's fine and come on man let's be real kyle shanahan's been messing with the media and us fantasy owners all off season long like kyle shanahan does not give a damn about us. <laughs> he Shaney's a badass bro he just does his own thing like he doesn't care about the rest of us so i don't I, I sure I totally get that because I have IU in two leagues too, and I was like, "What the hell?" But, but I mean, I understand that. That makes sense. But yeah, it would have been nice to kind of you know read into that a little bit more. But Shannon's gonna do his thing, man. He doesn't give a damn about the about the rest of us. He's just gonna coach his team and do what he does. Um, moving over to the defense real quick. Fred Warner led the team with eight tackles. Jaquaski Tart had a decent day with five tackles. My guy Dre Greenlaw with the pick six, and then we mentioned Bosa and Ford with a sack. Both both with a sack, but other than that, there really wasn't a lot to talk about on the defensive side. Although let's be real, this is at least this is what I observed. I don't know if you kind of picked up on the same stuff or not, but I thought this defense looked really, really good. And then I swear to god, the minute Jason Verrett went down, this defense just changed.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've we've mentioned it throughout the weeks leading up to this first game. Our secondary is not deep. We've said that many times, and it showed when Jason Barrett got injured. It was like our, our whole system got out of hand. You know, one thing I do want to mention before I go more in-depth on Jason Barrett is there was a cornerback on our team who played all 90 defensive snaps. and His name was D'Amador Lenore. And man, was that a round looking like he has come out to compete like no tomorrow and he's probably going to get one of those two starting jobs with barrett out for a while and he has definitely deserved it but going back to the secondary i'm a bit nervous you know we we talked a bit about how the secondary they all signed one-year deals but other than that all of your depth is rookies and maybe old vet who hasn't played in a year and stuff like that and the the injury concern showed there is hope that uh, Emmanuel Emanuel Mosley is back next week. And if so, Mosley and Lenore is probably our best bet at corner, but we need depth fast. And I think I mentioned it the moment Barrett uh, got injured. I had texted you. I said, it'd be real nice if we got Richard Sherman back. What happens after the game? Shanahan goes, yeah, we've been talking to Sherman. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that area again. Now that Barrett's out for the year. And um, will Sherman provide the same uh, reliable quarterback that he's provided in the past? I'm not sure. Is he healthy? Is he ready to play? I'm not sure. But the depth is needed and Sherman would be a great addition to this team.
0: Sure. Sherman would be great. And especially in terms of being a great leader and teammate, because I I personally, I've mentioned this on previous episodes. I, I don't think, Emmanuel Mosley and Akela Witherspoon is obviously with Pittsburgh now. Those guys wouldn't be the corners they are today without Richard Sherman. And I truly believe that. I think they would, you know, be average at best. But because they were around and they got to play aside a guy like Richard Sherman, you saw the difference in how these guys played. So I truly do believe if we were to bring in Richard Sherman again, it would significantly help guys like Lenore, and Ambry Thomas, two guys who we brought in as rookies, I think it would help mightily. Having said that, last time I, I at least read up on Richard Sherman or talked about him, he was not in a very good place mentally. I'm hoping he's in a much better place now. I really do, and it seems as if he is in a you know better place than he was a few months ago. So I don't know where he stands in terms of all that. That definitely needs to take into a lot of consideration before jumping back into football. And I know Shanahan, you know, will do what he can with that. I feel like his name was obviously brought up by the media, so I'm not taking a ton into that. Drake Kirkpatrick was signed today, so he will probably be in there for the Niners. Of course, Josh Norman was also signed for the Niners, but that's what kind of worries me is we're trying to we're trying to win a Super Bowl here, and we got you know Josh Norman who's way past his prime. We got Lenore, sure, he's a rookie and it's early and he look, looks really good from what we've seen so far, but we got 16 more games to see that. Emmanuel Mosley's kind of, you know, when he's healthy, he's decent, but then some games he'll miss. He's not consistent in terms of being on the field all the time, but when he is, he's all right. I am very worried about our secondary because the minute Jason Verrett went down yesterday, we made Jared Goff look like, look like a Pro Bowl quarterback and that's without Sean McVay calling the plays. That is concerning because we're in a division where we, we got to play Kyler Murray twice a year, and Kyler Murray lit up the Tennessee Titans yesterday. We got to play Russell Wilson twice a year, who's been letting us up every year, twice a year. And now we got to face Matthew Stafford, who looked really good in yesterday's game on Sunday Night Football, which scares the absolute crap out of me. So we need the secondary sorted out immediately. Our safety positions, Jimmy Ward, he's got to make sure he's healthy. Tchaikovsky Tart's got to make sure he doesn't join Ricky Moster in his annual IR trip. I swear to God, he needs to stay healthy. Although I lo- love me some Talanoa Hafunga. so I know I know he's going to come in and ball out if needed to. But Tart and Ward are just crucial. They, they got to stay healthy because our corners right now, I uh, don't know. Just massive question marks. However... The first few games of the season. Next week we got Philly. I know they look good against Atlanta, but I still think this is a game we should steal. And then we played Green Bay after that. And Green Bay looked I don't even know what the hell. (laughs) Green Bay Green Bay didn't show (laughs) up. Green Bay did not show up to Jacksonville. Let's just put it that way. I don't know who the hell showed up to to New Orleans. (laughs) It was a it was a division three, like Wisconsin high school team. That showed up to Jacksonville to take on the New Orleans Saints yesterday. I don't know what I, the hell happened there.
1: I just want to give credit to Jameis Winston for uh, finding his eyes again and being able to throw for uh, five touchdowns and not a single pick. I thought that was very impressive considering he is still Jameis Winston, the Jameis Winston we know and love, who had the same amount of touchdowns as picks, basically. So uh, shout out to that. And Green Bay, I, it just did not look good for them. It, it was... a. Uh, cluster disaster if i've ever seen one and you know what i i just i i think they're gonna turn it back like this is aaron Rodgers supposedly last season in green bay he's not gonna let this happen that was probably the biggest shock out of all of them this weekend see seeing that happen and i i don't know i i just i assume a lot's gonna happen he'll probably be uh better next week, and then that week three matchup, if he continues to look like he did against the Saints, we're going to be feasting.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly why I brought up Green Bay, and yeah, we're just, just, yeah, quick shout out to Jameis Winston, because I'm really happy for him, I truly am, I hope he has a great season, and that's a really great start, and a great boost to his confidence, but rolling back to, yeah, why I brought up Green Bay, because yeah, the Niners host them on Sunday Night Football in the opener, and the Faithful's going to be rocking, Levi's going to be lit, it's going to it's gonna be an absolute spectacle, and Green Bay's got to go into that building. And I think, yeah, our corners—I'm I worried about them. But after the way Green Bay looked, I'm like, I—I right, think we'll be fine. Then we go and play Seattle and Arizona twice. That's when I'm like, okay, now I'm worried. Right now, now we need to make sure our corners are healthy. And Jason Brett's not gonna be out a while. He's gone for the whole year, so we've now lost him for the entire year with the torn ACL. And and I want to roll this thing back to Jason Brett now by just saying. Man, I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't feel great today. You know, it wasn't a normal victory Monday. It felt kind of somber, similar to how the Monday after the Jets game last, year, although that one felt way worse because that were multiple players, right? This is, you know, one or two players, right? But most we know he's going to come back. That was disappointing, but again, like I mentioned, it's not the end of the world. But for Jason Verrett to go down, I, I it just it it's, it sucks,
1: man. It's, it it it's, sucks, man, because because this isn't like the first or second injury of Jason Verrett's no, career. He no. he is just always injured, and the man just can't catch a break. And I think every Niners fan felt emotional when you saw Jason Verrett crying as he was exiting this game because he probably knows, you know, last year he got back to the pace he was, the Jason Verrett all-star, quarter, all-pro cornerback quarter, And he just can't stay on the field, man. And, you know, I I really do feel bad for him because he is a talented player, man. And he really deserves to be out there, but his body just can't keep up with it. And as we've mentioned many times, our cornerback depth is probably the weakest out of our entire team. Our secondary in general, but especially our corners. So losing your number one corner is a big loss massive loss
0: it's a, it's a huge loss for a team that is trying to vie for a super bowl this year it is a really big loss because you look at the teams that you have to beat and compete with in the nfc and that's tom brady and the tempe buccaneers who literally have like a thousand weapons and then like i talked about in our division seattle with lockett and metcalf and the rams with woods and cup and Stafford and Higby, and the list goes on, and then you got Kyler and D Hop. It's you really need to have like a good, solid, healthy defense to compete in this division. And sure, we need our pass rush to show up. I don't know, our pass rush was again was good a little bit, but just struggled near the end. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened in the last five minutes of that game. It was just like, it, it was like just we just looked like a deer in the headlights. We were in, we were in full command. We were dominating the game and it was it, it almost was kind of like the Super Bowl, except the difference was you're playing Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in all of football in the Super Bowl. Here you're playing Jared Goff. So we got away with 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 you know giving up a comeback there. But in the Super Bowl, you're not gonna get away with that kind of crap because you're going up against the best of the best. And that's what I mean when you're trying to vie for a champion. And it was only week one, right? You know, week one compared to where we are in like week 15, 16 is two completely different, you know, universes, right? So I hope that this is a game, and I do think it will be. It'll be a game that we come back and be like, wow, remember in week one when we almost blew a massive lead to Jared Goff and the Lions? And look where we are now. I hope that's where we're at because th- this defense, I think, is going to be the story of our season, Chevy, because I mentioned this again last week because I think our offense is going gonna, is gonna to have a great year. I think we got off to a great start. I think it's going to be a top. Five, maybe top 10, top 5 offense. This is going to be a really great offense if Jimmy can stay healthy and Debo stay healthy and these guys, the run game is going to do their thing. This can be a really good offense, but i talked about this too. Our defense, sure, you want to give up points, give up points, but you got to finish games. And sure, yesterday, they allowed them in the game, but they finished. We didn't lose. We won. They finished the game. Samson Ebuken came up, came up clutch on fourth down and we won the football game. You got to yeah. be able to finish games.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's kind of the opposite of 2019. In yes, 2019, 100%. our defense was top 5, top 2 in the league and we weren't letting anyone through, but our offense with Jimmy G and his like first full season as a niner, you know, you had I think it was Debo's rookie year, Kittle was there. It was just we we needed a couple more pieces on offense and we were thin in depth on offense. Whereas this year our offense is absolutely stacked. You got two quarterbacks that you trust. You got a whole bunch of running backs. And even our receivers are looking good with Samuel, Ayuk, and Kittle as our top three guys. But then you look at the defense, and you know we don't have the same secondary as we did in 2019. We don't have the same defensive ends and defensive tackles uh, as 2019. And, and the depth just behind it, is not as comfortable as it was back then. I, do I think that this defense can turn it around and be strong? Definitely. But I also know realistically injuries will occur, and when they do, we're going to have a tough time uh, covering for those injuries and making sure they don't get exposed. Uh, another thing I fr- think we forgot to point out, uh, Campavia Street had a sack. He did. Know, yep, he did. Yep, I did forget he, that. Yeah, he played really well considering he's you know fighting to be in that rotation for the defensive tackles, and I, I'm just happy to see him contributing. It's been a while since we've seen him contribute, and uh, our, I think our defensive tackles and our defensive ends. I, I'm more. I'm less concerned with our defensive line than I am with our secondary. I think the secondary is going to be the thing we talk about almost every week on this episode, whether it's for good or for bad.
0: I, I do agree with that. I think it's going to be a hot topic, but that's what I'm saying. I think our whole defensive unit is going to be a hot topic because in 2019, like you mentioned, this was literally the polar opposite. From what happened in week one of 2019 against the Buccaneers, our offense was not very good. They struggled for the most part. Garoppolo, you know, turned the ball over a few times, didn't look the greatest. Of course, he was coming off an ACL, but this this year he's coming off an ankle injury as well, right? And he was throwing to guys like, you know, Richie James and, you know, uh, Dante <laughs> Pettis and, you know, the guys who were kind of unfamiliar. Here you got Debo Samuel in year three. You got George Kittle in, you know, year five. Like, you, you got guys who have been here. And I am I got a huge shout out here. We've gone out majority of this episode without even mentioning them. Round of applause for our offensive line, man. One sack. One sack. We allowed one sack for Jimmy Garoppolo. You give Garoppolo that time, you bet your ass Garoppolo is going to play 17 games this year and beyond. Because if you keep that man upright, we're good to go. Alex Mack showed out in his debut. Brunskill looked great at right guard. I know he's, there's been a ton of Brunskill slander the past few weeks. He looked great. Trent Williams did his thing. Lake and Thomson. McGlinchy also got a ton of slack last year for not having a great year. Had a great game. Nobody's been talking about our old line. Only given up one sack. Loved it. I think there were, of course, there was that one player where Garoppolo threw that bomb to Debo, where but was under pressure. Pocket kind of collapsed on him. But I got to say the offensive line, good stuff. Really great stuff there. And I think that that is definitely something to talk about there. But um, moving over to the injury report, and then we'll we'll preview Philly before we wrap up this um this episode here. So verrett has gone for the year with a torn ACL. Mostert's out eight weeks with a knee injury. Drake Green lost day to day with a groin, but I believe he came back into the game, so that's good news. Aziz Alshire, same thing, day to day, but he came back into the game. D Ford's day to day, he should be fine. Marcel Harris, day to day, he should be fine. So. Sure, there were injuries. Jason Vrett's the big one. We all know that. But nothing too major, right? Nothing 2020-like, which is always a positive. And I hope it stays that way. And obviously, with a long season, there's going to be some bumps and bruises down the road. But it is what it is there. And I know Trey Sermon was inactive. And a lot of people are talking about that. And now Mostert goes down. I'm sure we'll be seeing Trey Sermon in the next few weeks as well. So moving over to this week. The Eagles will head over to Philadelphia. Another East Coast game, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. Pacific. The will go to the Eagles. The Eagles routed Atlanta 32-6 to over the weekend. Jalen Hurts had a day. He was 27 for 35, 264, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. Miles Sanders was pretty good on the ground. The Eagles looked good, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to take too much into account here because Atlanta, you know, a fairly underwhelming team. I know... You know, there's been kind of mixed reviews on how people view Atlanta going into something. Oh, the Falcons could be better than you think. And some people think they're not going to be that great. I didn't think they were going to be that great. Sure, they got some talented players, but they had a very underwhelming performance. So I'm not going to take too much into account here. but But I do have to say what the Niners have to watch out for in this game against Philly is Jalen Hurts is scary, man. And we know that the Niners, we don't usually fare well against mobile quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, you know, I think we have a bit of a slight advantage compared to other teams as our defense could potentially practice against Trey Lance. Uh, you know, I know they're Good obviously point. different quarterbacks and they're different styles and blah, blah, blah. But Trey Lance is still a quarterback that runs and throws. So being able to practice against him. Uh, with the film in mind of Jalen Hurts could be an advantage to the team that we haven't had before, but I am excited for this game as I'm excited for every Niners game. Uh, the Eagles, you know, they are off to a one and zero start Jalen Hurts did look decent and looked pretty good. Uh, but other than that, you know, Devonte Smith was making his debut and looked good. The high Heism- reigning Heisman trophy winner, but I think it's more going to be a question of if our defense can hold up because we know our offense is going to ball out against the Eagles. It's more about can our defense keep Hurts and the Eagles in check. Uh, we, As you mentioned, we are not a good team against running quarterbacks. Every game against Tyler Murray is just, it's hard to watch, man. So hopefully we can uh, re- adjust and be good against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and start off the season 2-0.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And looking at Atlanta stats, because I'm looking at it saying, wow, they lost six points. Philly's defense must have been really good. But I don't think that was the case. It looks like Atlanta's offense just was very underwhelming. Only 260 total yards. They really couldn't get the run game going. Oh, they, they got over 100 yards. But, you know, they had Corderell Patterson was their leading rusher. I don't think that's getting your running game going very much. So I do think the Niners should be able to have a lot more success than the Falcons did. I think our run game will be fine. I'm not too worried about all that and stuff like that. I think our offense will be just fine. I would definitely say this is going to be interesting to see how our defense fares. Are we going to get to Jalen Hurts? Is our secondary going to hold up against some of these young guys, Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith? How are we going to do in that case? That's that's going to be what I'm looking out for in this matchup. I think this should, this, this should be a win. I think it will be a little closer, maybe. I think let's say thirty to twenty-one for the Niners. I think it's another good day for our offense. I think Lence and Garoppolo have another good game, and Elijah Mitchell does his thing again. I, I really like what I, what I saw out of him yesterday. I think we'll be fine. Like I'm not too worried about this game. I know Philly had a great showing, but it's week one. You know what I'm saying? And I do think I do think this. You know, after hearing how the locker room was after the way that that game ended yesterday, it seemed like nobody was happy after the way that that game ended. So I do think the Niners are going to take this going forward and be like, we cannot allow that again. We got to just shut the door, close this game out, and get the hell out of here. Sure, they did that, but that late scare and allowing 16 points in the fourth quarter just should have never happened. Like, that should never happen, especially to a team you're supposed to beat. So that's what I'll say that because guess what? If you do that against Tom Brady... He would have came back and he would have beat you. Same with Russell Wilson. Same with Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. And probably Aaron Rodgers too. Well, the real Aaron Rodgers. Not the fake one that we saw yesterday. So, in that case, our defense has got to make sure they step up. And you know what? I do put a lot of emphasis on D'Amico Ryans. Our new defensive coordinator. I know it's his first game as a DC. But it starts with him. And then our guys have got to go and do his thing. So, that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I my, my eyes are going to be on the defense in this game. I think our O is going to be great. And then, of course, most importantly, please, for the love of God, it's week two of a 17-game a season. My God, there's going to be a lot of praying this season that people just stay healthy and players just stay healthy this season. But, um, Chevy, final thoughts on this Niners-Eagles matchup?
1: Yeah, final thoughts are I hope our know our offense is going to do well. I hope our defense can continue to do as well as they did in the first half of this game and man I hope we don't have injuries I've been, I just don't want to go through the same thing I went through last year
0: to knock on wood man and we're about to see <laughs> we're about to see Baltimore go to work in in the matter of moments and see what they can do as of course they've already had a typical start to the year that we had last year so we'll see how they fare in in that regard but I hope so too Niners, Eagles week two both teams one and know We'll see if the Niners can come out of this East Coast road trip alive. They did so in 2019. Let's see if they can do it again against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. So that'll do it from this episode of the 49er Way Podcast. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy, and enjoy the game. Enjoy the week. And we will see y'all next week where we'll recap the 49ers and the Eagles. And then we'll set the table for the 49ers opener against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football in Week 3. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the 49er Way Podcast. Keep it locked. We got a lot more content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.